I remember, like it was yesterday, the couple whose reception transformed into a glow stick powered mini rave as night fell over the Colorado mountains. And I'll never forget the couple whose partnership transcended traditional vows and instead became a set of guiding commitments they pledged in order to steer their lives and love down a thoughtful, inspiring path. No pressure, right? But the truth is that right now, as you start down the path of planning your wedding, you have the opportunity to create your wedding, the one that's right for you and your partner. On this installment of Engaged and Confused, we'll hold your hand and together we'll dive into that pool of wedding bliss to help you get your planning started on the right foot. You're listening to Engaged and Confused, Episode 1, In the Beginning. I'm Danny Desires, co-founder of From the Hip Photo, and I've helped hundreds of awesome couples navigate this crazy journey. Today, I'm honored to be joined by two very special guests, Michelle Sutton, half of the expert, excellent wedding planning team at Brindle and Oak. She'll be lending her professional perspective to the conversation, and will also be joined by Lindsay Rainwater, a newlywed and real bride. She and her husband, Jeremy, were the ones with those amazing commitments I just mentioned, and she's here to give her take on what this whole wedding adventure was like for them. But for now, let's engage in a little daydreaming. Take a deep breath, close your eyes, unless you're listening to this while driving, and just imagine your wedding day. Breathe it all in. What stands out? How do you feel? What's the mood? How many people are there with you? What are they doing? What does it mean for you to be in that moment? After you've basked in that fuzzy, warm wedding glow, pull out a pen or dictate a voice memo and record the scene you've just imagined. This will be a powerful reminder as you get deeper into the thick of things about your purest vision for your big day. Even better, get your fiancé to do this too. You might be surprised at how much your visions align, or at the places where your ideas diverge. Who knew they had their hearts set on that powder blue and fuchsia color scheme? However vaguely or fully fleshed out the scene you just envisioned is, chances are it'll serve as a convenient guidepost for many of the decisions you'll be making in the months ahead. With that in mind, Michelle, one of the reasons I'm pumped to have you be part of this conversation is that the couples you work with are a pretty fascinating and diverse bunch. But I'm wondering, is there a common area where you see couples struggling as they start their planning? The idea of planning a wedding is to get from point A, the engagement, to point B, the wedding. The biggest struggle ends up being in just how to get from point A to point B. The where do we even start? Most couples don't know if they should pick a date first, find a venue, then pick a date, hire a planner, then a date, and then a venue. Already you can see how confusing it all gets. Yeah. My advice is to start with one thing. There's usually one thing that stands out in a couple's mind as, as to what's important and where to start. So start there. When I was planning my own wedding, I struggled with where to start because we were living in Maui, Hawaii. And at the time, we thought we wanted to get married there. Why wouldn't you want to get married in Maui, <laughs> Hawaii? So we started by looking at venues there. But as we progressed through looking at those venues, it just never felt right. And after a few weeks, we finally decided to totally flip our plan and get married back home in the Midwest. As soon as we made that decision, the rest fell into place so easily. It was about trusting our gut on what, where we wanted to start and what we saw for the day, and everything else was easy. Yeah, talk about 
making the wedding that's right for you. Sometimes you've got to say no to Hawaii. <laughs> um, Lindsay, as somebody who's just recently been through this planning process, what was the biggest challenge that you faced at the outset? Well, similar to what you just mentioned, Michelle, my husband and I got engaged right outside of Aspen, Colorado. And so we originally thought we were going to have our wedding in Aspen. And then we started planning a remote wedding. And we're like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> we do not want to plan our wedding from Denver, where we live. And so what we decided was to get married in Denver. Then we started looking at venues in Denver, and it was crazy. So for us, the venue was a big deal. As soon as we decided on Denver, um, it was really finding the venue. And after looking at a lot of different places, what we eventually found was this adorable place in our neighborhood that I found on Yelp. So for me, it was really all about like, where was it going to be? And then once that got figured out, it all fell into place. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I know that for my wife and myself, when we got married, um, I think the location was the first choice because we hadn't been living here very long and we had friends across the country and we actually had international guests come out for our wedding. Um, but living in Colorado, we were sort of torn between the urban experience and the mountains, which are obviously a little mm -hmm. bit more iconic. Um, and so our compromise was that we got married outdoors in a park in Denver. So on some level, you know, we still had gorgeous views and that natural element to it. Um, but it was sort of the first of many, I don't want to say compromises, but that process of navigating different needs and desires, um, both as a couple and within the larger scheme of wedding planning. And on that subject, you know, obviously most people avoid talking about money whenever possible, but it's an inescapable piece of putting a wedding together. Budgeting is a big, hairy monster for most couples, even in daily life, let alone when you're dealing with the scope of putting together an event like this, where every decision you make pertaining to the budget has ramifications for, you know, where you get married, how many guests can join you, the food that you serve. So I'm curious, Lindsay, how did you get to that initial budget? And was there anything you knew you absolutely had to have as part of your wedding day? Well, okay. So the way that we started that process for us was I didn't go out and I, I didn't buy a planner or any of the like tools that are out there for brides. I started with a list, a piece of paper and my fiance at the time, and we made a list of the things that were most important to us. So we knew we wanted a photographer. That was awesome. We knew we wanted great food. We knew we wanted a live band and we knew we wanted something sweet, but it didn't have to be cake. Mm -hmm. And so for us, we started to evaluate what we most wanted with what we were willing to spend on it. And we came up with a raw number that we knew we could handle because we really, we didn't really know at the time if we were going to have any help, if family was going to chip in and whatnot. So we just planned from the get go to handle it ourselves. And that's really how, how we started to prioritize. And we knew that our big nugget, the thing that we really, really, really wanted was this one live band. Mm -hmm. And so for us, we really catered and looked at our budget and talked to them first. And then once we knew how much they were going to charge us, everything else started to fall in line after that. So that's how we did it. Yeah, that seems like a really smart, just kind of common sense approach, right? Prioritizing, mm -hmm. figuring out what is going to be most memorable for me when this is all said and done. And I'm sure the band probably loved knowing that that was the highlight for the two of you was mm -hmm. them being able to participate mm -hmm. and be part of it. And I'm sure that, well, hopefully that made them uh, a little bit more flexible or excited even just about being part of it all. You mentioned how 
you kind of took those priorities and then figured out how much you were able to spend on each item. Did you actually stick to that budget? <laughs> That's a hilarious question. Um, <laughs> so I think, you know, our intentions were that, of course. You know, was that what happened? No. And I think I was talking to my husband about this this morning because I was asking him this question, thinking about like, okay, like, you know, how do budgets shift? How do things change? You start out with this number. You were like, yeah, we can totally throw a wedding for 10 grand. Um, yeah, right. So then we started to like look at what was realistic, what we needed to spend what on. And for us, I think the biggest lesson that we learned is that towards the end, you get tired. And so for us, our guard came down big time in the like last two months because we were tired. We were ready to get married. Everything was coming through. And that just so happened to be when a lot of people were asking for money from us. And so I think if you're set on your numbers and you stick to them, um, I think the hardest part is those last like 45 days when you're sick of answering questions and you're tired of planning and you're ready to get married to just stick to your guns because that's when all of a sudden like your vendors need more money from you. All of a sudden you need another table because Nancy and Joe did RSVP and you <laughs> didn't think they were going to. And so, Nancy. you know, your caterers like, P.S., you're going to need da-da-da-da-da. And then all of a sudden you're like, what? how did our catering bill go up $1,000 this week? And that actually happened. So I think those are the types of things that you can't plan for, but I don't have any regrets either. Things yeah. just happen. I, I do have a vague recollection of being at your walkthrough with oh, the caterer uh -huh. and there being a table added there. There was a lot of discussion like, how can we make this work? How do we fit all these people uh, in this yeah. kind of horseshoe configuration? And, you know, bless his heart, at one point, Jeremy was just like, let's just get the other table. <laughs> you know, uh -huh. it's, it's just another hundred dollars or whatever it was. Yeah. And so I think that's a really important point too, is if you can kind of dig your heels in early, mm -hmm. then it, it prepares you to, to fight that fatigue down the road. Um, Michelle, I'm curious how often or kind of by what degree do your couples kind of come in with a budget versus what they actually leave with? I think Lindsay hit it on the head. That's ex exactly what happens most of the times. Um, they come in with a budget, and, and they're usually fairly close, um, but, you know, $1,000 for one person in, is completely different than $1,000 for another. So that could be a huge number if you're trying to be really, really stringent, and that could be like, oh, it's not a big deal to other ones. So um, I, I think, you know, making sure you know those numbers up front is important, but it definitely will slide and escalate. Um, I usually always tell couples to add in five to ten percent hmm. um at the at the get-go for those things because you're going to have things added um and things taken away all the time and you know you're going to come down to the day and realize as a bride you not only want your special heels for the day but at the reception you want some pretty flat shoes and so th <laughs> that could be a couple hundred bucks to spend on some pretty shoes you know things like that where you just have things that get added that that might seem important to you and to, to know that you have a little bit extra money in your budget at the beginning to cover those things is helpful yeah and just on a concrete level the the average wedding last year cost just over thirty one thousand dollars that is a boatload of cash like you could literally buy a really sweet boat with that much money or, you know, 30,000 cheeseburgers. Um, but I think in my experience, that number is pretty spot on in terms of where couples tend to wind up. Um, Michelle, has there been sort of an, an unusual or challenging budget that you've worked with? And how did your couple figure out how to make sense with that? 
I think in general, budgets are just so interesting. A, a budget as a whole is one thing, um, but where the money specifically is allotted is a whole other thing. Um, the important thing, I think, to keep in mind is that you should put your money towards, like what Lindsay said, what is most important to you as a couple. Um, so if that's the band or the venue, whatever is most important, think about that thing first. But remember that whatever you have left has to stretch through the rest of the needs for the wedding. Mm. So food, booze, music, if those things are going to be part of your day, if you spend all the money on the venue, you somehow have to come up with money for the rest of it. So I had a couple that they um, loved the Botanic Gardens here in Denver, and they wanted so badly to get married there. They went on the walkthrough. What they realized was that the venue was a lot more than they had anticipated, mm. um, but that was what they wanted. They wanted an outdoor feel. They loved the gardens. They loved the beauty. Um, so what their compromise was is they decided, yes, we're going to go with the more expensive venue. But instead of having an evening, nighttime DJ affair, they ended up having an early morning ceremony and turning the 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 wedding into like a summer brunch garden party type nice. wedding um, that they were able to save money in catering. They were able to save a little bit of money on the venue because they booked it in the morning. Um, it was completely magical and they were so happy that they got to spend the day at the gardens. So for them that, you know, it's just about compromise. Like you said earlier, it's about finding what's most important and, and then how do you make the rest of the pieces fit? Yeah. And I got to say the brunch weddings very underrated. Very underrated. <laughs> I, They're I, so fun. I wish more couples did that because I think everybody just enjoys it. It's different. First of all, you know, by the time you get through your 20s, you've been to so many weddings and you don't necessarily want to be partying till midnight on the dance floor. And I just think it's a different tone, different feel and perfectly romantic, too, for a setting like the Botanic Gardens there. In case it would be helpful for you, dear listener, to have a little bit more information about budgeting and lots of other good things pertaining to getting your planning started, uh, please check out our website. It's engagedandconfused.love. That's dot L-O-V-E. You'll find plenty of info there about, you know, the thousand and one things you've got to think about while you're starting here. Michelle, I've got another question for you, kind of moving away from the budgetary side of things. So if I'm a, a newly engaged person and I bump into you on the elevator and I say, oh, my God, you're a wedding planner. Thank you. What is the most important piece of advice you can give me right now before you know we get to the lobby from the 30th floor here? First, I would say above and beyond is trust your gut. There's so many things that have to do with weddings. There's so many have-tos and musts according to society and what you read and what you Google. Um, as you dive into that planning process, if something isn't feeling right or you just aren't sure why you're doing something, then don't do it. Figure out what you as a couple want, what you want the day to look like, how you want to show your love, and then do it. Uh, my second really quick piece of advice is going back to the budget. Uh, <laughs> talk about the budget right away. Whoever needs to be involved in that conversation, it takes money. We've talked about this. It takes money to pay for a wedding. So don't hide from it. Figure out who's contributing and what the expectations are right away. And then the rest of the process is going to be so much more pleasant and fun. Yeah, that's a that's a really different part of the budget piece, too. I think the sort of the interpersonal relationships surrounding the budget. I know that one of the couples we worked with last year, um, that was sort of a source of contention where mom and dad were effectively bankrolling the wedding. And there was some tension about where the ceremony should take place, maybe something traditional versus not traditional. And I know that that caused 
a lot of grief and brought stress that maybe could have been circumvented if there was a conversation at the outset that said, okay, here's the condition, right? I'm, I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful for you helping us to, to put this together and pay for it. Um, but here is sort of what our vision is and, and finding that respect there where everybody feels like they're being heard and, um, you know, the couple still gets to have the wedding that's right for them. Lindsay, I've got a present for you. I'm going to give you a, a time machine, and we're going to go back to when you and Jeremy first started planning your wedding. Going back, what suggestion would you give yourself to help you get through this a little bit more easily? Ooh, what a delicious question. <laughs> well, a couple of things. So Jeremy and I really created our wedding from scratch. So we basically looked at all of the traditions and all of the things that everybody did and said, is this us or is it not? And like you were just talking about, Michelle, about like really customizing it to, you know, the couple or I remember the words that you used, but Jeremy and I really like made it up. And so in doing that, we created this very customized wedding that was really in line with who him and I were. But what we didn't really anticipate was how um, that would jive with our family members. So if I was to like go back and give myself any advice, it would be, or really any bride or groom out there, is that families and weddings and the crazy that can happen, <laughs> rather than try to avoid um, some of the, you know, the feelings that might come up or the interpersonal things that come up with family, rather than try to avoid it, learn to roll with it because it's going to happen. I'd have really never talked to anybody that they're like, oh yeah, everything was perfect and chill and nobody <laughs> like, there's something about weddings that bring out the crazy and family dynamics. And I think especially if you're going to create a non-traditional or something that is really unique to you and your future mate, realize that it might not be totally ideal to mom or dad. Like they might've envisioned it totally differently. And so rather than get your panties in a wad about that, learn to roll with it and see it as an opportunity for you and your spouse to really like tackle your first interpersonal or whatever you want to label or call it as like, it's an opportunity for the two of you to become really unified going into your special day because like I could not have made up what came at us like family wise and none of it was like overly traumatic, but it was, um, you know, it did present him and I really like moving into this new life together and what kind of, you know, things could get thrown our way. So rather than sweat that stuff, learn to roll with it because otherwise it'll just take you down. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the idea of this being kind of like a unifying uh, event for uh -huh. both people in the couple. Like, okay, we're going to join forces and <laughs> we're going to get through this stuff together. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that sometimes too, um, something that can get lost in all of this is sort of contextualizing why these things are important. Um, especially, you know, parents tend to be a little bit more traditional than their children or have differing opinions about what should be done. Um, and so I think bringing that into the conversation is really important too. It's not just, well, I don't want to get married at a church. It's, I want to get married at this place and here's why it's significant and special to us. Having kind of talked now about maybe one of the, the more problematic issues there, Lindsay, um, after all the, the planning and partying, what would you say now, looking back on your wedding, you're, you're closing in on your anniversary here, mm -hmm. what was the most memorable piece of your wedding day? So Jeremy and I had decided like long before our wedding day that it was important for us to not have the lull between the 
ceremony in the reception where we disappeared for like an hour with our photographer. Hmm. So we decided to take photos together ahead of time. What we did was we staged this little first look where we had, we had like a door between us. So I was on one side and he was on the other side, but we wrote each other these love notes ahead of time. And mine looked like a six-year-old's craft project. Like I had like (laughs) crepe paper and hearts and pictures of like screenshots of our first text to each other that I'd printed out. I'm getting teary-eyed. It was like really (laughs) cheesy and sweet. And then his was like this super poetic letter because that's his style. And so Mm. I don't know if you're remember but we exchanged letters across the door and we read our appreciation notes to the other and there's this whole batch of like super brilliant photos of that moment because we read these really intimate letters and then we did a first look so like he came around the door and he saw me for the first time and so we have these super sweet pictures of him tearing up and me tearing up and like this really overwhelming like oh my god there you are moment And the cool thing about it was, I think for us, our fear was that it would take something away from when I came down the aisle for the first time, because I think that can be oftentimes a couple of fear of like, well, I want my future husband to see me for the first time in that moment. And I'm here to tell you it was just as special. Like Jeremy cried again. (laughs) (laughs) And he's not like overly sappy or anything. It was just this, you know, the whole process kind of rebirthed itself all Mm. over again. And then it just kept happening throughout the wedding. And just that moment of like, oh, my God. Like, I am yours and you are mine, and here we are. And so I think looking back, that underlying current theme of appreciation and him and I really looking at each other and, like, celebrating what we'd created, that was the most meaningful, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I love that you just asked me if I remembered that. Because I'm, like, <laughs> tearing up just hearing you talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was such an indelible moment. Um in huge part because of this theme that keeps popping up, which is that, you know, it was something that you came up with, you created that, you made it your own, you both were giving each other these letters in your style, like you were saying. And I mean, gosh, I had only met you guys a couple of times, but it was such a powerful moment. Definitely not something that I will ever forget. And, you know, if that had been a part of the kind of public aspect of the ceremony. It's something that everybody, you know, would, would leave the experience with. Um, so I think that just sort of is a testament to exactly what you're saying, right? Craft these moments that resonate with the two of you um, that are authentic and kind of specific to you. Now, that's a tall order. Not everybody is necessarily, um, you know, be able to tap into that kind of creative thinking or that sort of emotional honesty. That's a lot. That's, <laughs> that's intense. Um, but I do think that if you make a conscious effort, you can find ways of kind of bringing yourselves into mm-hmm. the proceedings. Uh, Michelle, can you leave us with one of your favorite moments from one of the weddings that you've helped plan? Sure. Just a side note, after hearing that story from Lindsay, yeah. my husband and I did something somewhat similar at our wedding, and it still resonates with me, you know, four years later of being mm. one of our favorite memories. Just finding that time to be with each other and express our gratitude and, and love for each other in different ways than just at the ceremony and still remember it and love that moment. One of my favorite memories, uh, I'm going to go kind of a totally different route than Lindsay went. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the best memories from weddings are those that capture a feeling of excitement, whether that's the excitement between the couple or the excitement of the guests, something like that. So we planned a wedding a few years ago at a country club. 
And we ended up building a tent over um, a tent and a floor over the pool area. It was insane. It was a full three-day set from the time the first vendor arrived until the wedding was over. And most of the floor was carpeted. And so kind of people who had never been to the venue didn't really know necessarily that they were, you know, walking on a pool. But when the guests walked into that tent, we unveiled the dance floor. And it was a see-through dance floor. So you could see the water underneath. And everybody just flipped out. Didn't matter if you had been there a million times. It was just such an exciting moment for the guests. And I've never seen a dance floor as packed as that one. And for the for the bride and groom, it was important to wow their guests. That was something that they it was important. They wanted their guests to just feel excitement all night. So the entire night everyone was up and dancing and surrounding the bride and groom with so much love and happiness on the dance floor and it was just incredible to see and I'll just never forget it. Yeah, that's super cool. I've never even heard of that being done at a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> and probably really fun for you as a planner to help pull that off. Absolutely. We had such a good time. I think that people sometimes worry about having, you know, coming to a wedding planner or a photographer or whomever with an idea that they think is crazy. And what they don't understand is that, you know, that's what we live for. The the challenges or kind of the unique ideas that we haven't done before and the fun of figuring that out and, you know, bringing that idea to life. That's another thing I think to keep in mind too. Well, Lindsay, a lot of elements of your wedding were like that too. And you were like, I don't know if this is going to sound <laughs> weird to you, but we want to do this. Yeah. And I was like, hell yeah, that's awesome. Why wouldn't I want to do that? Um, Well, you know, here's the inescapable reality about planning a wedding. It's a lot of work. Even with a relaxed attitude and a reasonable head on your shoulders, it's still an endeavor. And all those wedding magazines and blog posts and pieces of unsolicited advice from colleagues and relatives exist for a reason. It's a complicated, sometimes messy trek. You enter a novice, and then you leave with all kinds of random knowledge that, in a cruel twist of fate, you'll hopefully never need to utilize again. I think the good news, the silver lining here, is that you will get it all done. And if you stay true to that vision that you created when you closed your eyes earlier, and if you stay faithful to what really matters to you and your partner, your wedding is going to be spectacular. Don't sweat the small stuff. Know that even the most meticulously planned weddings don't go 100% according to plan, probably much to the chagrin of (laughs) some of us here. Um, But, you know, you just need to embrace the truth that some of the most unforgettable moments are going to be those unscripted ones. It won't matter if you're in a neo-Tuscan hillside venue or your parents' backyard, if you surround yourself with the people who are most important to you and you celebrate your love and let loose. That's it for In the Beginning. Hopefully, after listening, you're engaged and a little less confused and feeling inspired and motivated to plunge into your planning. Next time, it'll be episode two, Getting Intimate. In the meantime, check out engagedandconfused.love for this episode guide, all kinds of goodies, and an opportunity to send us your questions if there's something you want to hear about. Big hugs to Michelle Sutton again from Brindle and Oak for her expert planning advice and sharing her experiences and wisdom here. And to one of my honest to God, all time favorite people and this week's real bride, Lindsay Rainwater, for sharing her wedding experience with us. For the rest of the team at From the Hip Photo, I'm Danny Desires. Thanks for listening and happy planning. <laughs>